In a world of confusion and hot topics, we are all looking for answers. Welcome to Tam Talks, a place for real and honest conversation on relevant issues today. And here's your host, Tammy Hotzenpeller. Hey guys, welcome back to Tam Talks, a place for real and honest, honest, honest conversation. Yes. Hey, I just like honest conversation. You know, uh, a place where you can just say, I wonder about that scripture. I've always thought about that. So welcome to the studio. Thank you. Diane is on our church staff. Um, she's just an amazing woman. She keeps us all organized. You know how you just need somebody in your life? You're like my daytimer. You know, you're <laughs> just kind of like, I'll text Diane, can we do this? Or what does the handbook say about this? So you're one of those kind of people that everybody needs in their life. And I so appreciate you being here. So guys, Thank whether you, you actually are watching us on uh, my YouTube channel or you're listening to us on our podcast, Diane, we're so excited because right now we're working through my new book, Fasting for Miracles. Yes. And we're talking um, hand in hand about miracle stories and literally what the Bible says about miracles and then fasting passages, why we use the discipline of fasting to see our miracle. And we've said along uh, this whole, everybody that's listening right now, you, you, it's not like God's this genie that you say, if I'm a good person, mm -hmm. God will give me my miracle. The idea is that fasting is for us. Right. The idea is that when I fast, I'm literally tempering my flesh and I'm saying no to my flesh and I'm pressing into the spirit of God. So we'll talk more about fasting in a minute, but in the book, we start week three mm -hmm. with the story of Jesus. So I wanna jump into this miracle. I think if you know anything about miracles, it's actually the first miracle of Jesus mm -hmm. and the first miracle in the New Testament. And it's the miracle of turning water into wine. Yes. Okay, so they're at a wedding. Let's just talk a little bit about this. I don't know, yeah. I don't know if you drink, um, just set this up. I grew up Southern Baptist where we don't drink. Mm -hmm. So we believed that it was grape juice. Like we were taught in our church, it wasn't, it hadn't fermented. So uh -huh. Jesus surely would not make wine. So that's a whole, honest discussion we can have later right. at another time. <laughs> but it was wine, they mm -hmm. drank wine. So what I wanna to talk to you about is I found it interesting, Jesus, if you know the story, they're at the wedding, they run out of, of wine. And he is at a place where he's with the servants mm -hmm. for you know setting up for the wedding. And he turns and they come to the mother and they say, we're out of wine. So they must have known that Jesus had the ability to make water into wine. Like right. if you've been watching The Chosen or yes. anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of see that Jesus is on the scene. Right, right. And they're seeing these miracles, right? So they come to him, they've got a problem. Let's start there. Why do we wait till we have a problem to come to Jesus? I think it's because we think we can do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the times, at least I can speak for myself on this, it's like, oh, I can do this. And, oh, I think I know how to do this. And it's until we get to that point where it's like, oh, maybe I don't know how to do this. Mm. And then you're in that desperate situation where it's like, God, I need your help. Um, I'm desperate to you know, finish this lesson or whatever it is that you're doing in the moment, you feel in a place where you just can't do it mm -hmm. and you know that you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's where you reach out to the Lord. But as we know, we shouldn't wait to that point. Yeah. You know, it should be him first, right. you know, immediately. But humans, we tend to do that to where it's we wait. And interesting enough, because that's literally what a miracle is. It's when we're desperate. Mm -hmm. It means there's nowhere else you can go, no resource, no money, no ability, because it's only a miracle when only God can do it. Right. So obviously the first miracle, and don't you find it interesting that the servants were all there and he chose the servants 
to manifest the first miracle. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it in front of the masses. Right. He didn't do it in front of the scribes and the Pharisees. And he, he and here's what I think. I think he wanted them to see the lowly. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to see with their eyes that he could meet their needs. Right. That they were the ones who were the servants, probably the lowly, mm -hmm. you know, lower income, status, that type of thing. Yeah. And he brought them in. So Let's talk a little bit because often God goes to the lowly first. I think that he does that because of the fact that, um, and, and I, it's probably more on, on a pride level to where they're in a humble place mm. um, to where it's like they, they don't have anywhere else but to go higher, That's you know? Um, and if he had gone to, you know, those that were attending the wedding or Pharisees or whomever, um, they tend to think of themselves as higher or yeah. superior. So it would take, I think, longer, not that they couldn't get to that point, but it would take longer for them mm -hmm. to get to a desperate mm -hmm. point to where they would need, you know, Jesus to, to do something for them. I think that's so good. I think that's so good. Now let's segue to a part of the story that I always find interesting because they came to the mother and they said, you know, hey, we're out of wine. Uh, could, could you get Jesus to help us out here? Mm -hmm. And do you remember when she came and she said, they're out of wine and Jesus said, woman, mm -hmm. It is not yet my time. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go, Mom, this isn't where I'm supposed to be right now. Let me let me hear from the Father before I perform a miracle. He says, right. woman. And I process that a lot. Mm -hmm. See, this is what I love about the Word of God. It's okay to say, God, teach me what this means. Right. You need to do that. Anyone listening to me right now, yes, it's great to have teachers and pastors and books and commentaries and resources, but get into the Word of God and mm -hmm. say, teach me what this means. And, and I process sometimes in my prayer walk, and I remember saying, God, why? Why did Jesus call her woman? Because at that time, and I really do believe this, he was trying to show that she was just like everyone else. Mm. She wasn't his mother. Yeah. She was a woman. Right. And so often we have elevated Mary, mm -hmm. honestly. Some yes. even people believe Mary's equal with Jesus. Right. You know, sometimes they go in these old cathedrals and here's this beautiful portrait of Mary and this mm -hmm. tiny little infant that you barely see. Right. And you have to process this, guys, on your own. I think he was trying to say, woman, you are a woman. Mm -hmm. I am the son of God. Right. What do you think? No, I absolutely agree with that. Because um, like you said, he very easily could have said, like, you know, mom, this isn't my time. But the fact that he addressed her that way, I do think he was asserting his authority mm -hmm. in the fact of, like, I am Jesus, I am the Son of God, mm -hmm. um, and I'm letting you know this isn't my time mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I would assume that Mary felt that and knew instantly when he addressed her that way. Mm. As a mom, I would have felt a shift or a difference in me if my, one of my daughters yeah. had addressed me as woman, you know, and it'd be like, oh, I better straighten up or whatever wow. it is, you know, it's like mm -hmm. it, it, he was addressing her in a way where he had authority. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting that he, he chose to At address that her that way. Yeah. His first miracle, his first, well, it's interesting because remember they had the purification pots mm -hmm. and they were empty. And this is what I love because it was very obvious he wanted them to see that they were empty 
and that he was going to fill them. So really, it's almost like the creation was our first miracle. If you've mm. been in the book and you process with us, the first miracle of God was the miracle of creation. Yeah. The first miracle of Jesus was the miracle of creation because mm -hmm. he was creating wine, wine. Yes. out of water. So they were empty and he said to them, go fill them with water. So they knew they were empty mm -hmm. and they knew that they filled them with water. So there would be no, make no mistake about it, they weren't wine. Yeah. And then he prophesied over them mm -hmm. and he, and he, the miracle was manifested of turning the water into wine. And I love the fact that God wants to take nothing and he wants to make something from it. Yes. And that's what he does in all of our lives. Absolutely. You know, and mm -hmm. I think to the point where we said he has to start with the lowly because God can't work with a person with pride mm -mm. or arrogance or self-sufficient. Let's talk about that a minute. Yeah. Why do we have to empty ourselves to fully be used by Jesus? Because I think we get in our own way. Um, and this story reminds me of me in the sense of I was I got to my lowest point emotionally to where I couldn't do anything other than surrender to God mm. and other than to ask Jesus Lord I need you I can't do this by myself mm. and I completely surrender myself mm. to you prior to that I spent years trying to do it by myself and thinking I can do this I don't need God. I can do and literally thinking that. But slowly it was getting to the point where I could not do it anymore mm -hmm. and I couldn't. I was exhausted. Mm. Yeah. I was so tired of of trying to make things work for me and trying to get the the help in other places, you know, self-help books and, you know, going to meditations and things like that to where it's like what am I doing? Wow. You know, having the foundation that I have, it's like I knew that's not where I needed to go. Mm -hmm. And so getting to the, the lowest point in my life to where it's like, I need to completely surrender myself to him in order for him to do something right. for me. And until you come to that place of emptiness, he can't fill you up. Right. Well, you know, I want to segue to our fasting passage. Uh, as we mentioned, we have the miracle story every day in our mm -hmm. fasting passage. And this again is a story of Jesus. And they've gone up on the mountain. And if you've read the story in Matthew 6, he's teaching him so many things, Diane. I just yeah. love this. I would have loved to have been there on that mountain. Mm -hmm. Although we have the word of God and we can read it. We know the story. Right. But he's teaching him so many things about giving and loving and, and all the parallel examples that he, he weaves for them. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about prayer. And many of us know the Lord's Prayer. We, we quote the Lord's Prayer. And they say, you know, teach us to pray. And he gives them this prayer. But then he moves into fasting. Mm -hmm. The next scripture, he begins to talk to him about fasting and fasting from a pure heart and the motives of your, of your heart. Now, it's interesting, I just wanna say this, because up to this point, the disciples were not fasting. Right. In fact, that was one of the things the Pharisees were mm -hmm. like, how come your disciples don't fast like John the Baptist? Right. And he said, they will fast when I leave. So we do know that Jesus taught them to fast. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit, because we're in the middle of a fast right. here. Talk to me a little bit about um, why do you fast? And are there been benefits to you of fasting? Mm -hmm. Well, I fast um, because I know that there are only things, as I've learned through reading and through your books, that the, there are just some things that you can't achieve or get to without fasting mm -hmm. and prayer. Um, and so for myself, um, I do it because I've got my list of things that I want the Lord to work mm -hmm. in my life or in my family. There are several people that I'm praying for their salvation um, who aren't walking with the Lord mm -hmm. in my family. And so that's something that's a constant until, and I believe one day the Lord will, they will come to the mm -hmm. Lord. He's faithful and one day that that will happen. Yes. So for me, um, my fasting is, is usually towards that and anything that we um, together as a corporate 
um, body we that we talk about or that we share about that that's what I usually do um, I going back to my story I am a walking miracle mm. and I'm a walking miracle because my parents faithfully for 25 years prayed for me mm. prayed for me to return to the Lord prayed for me to come back to the walk in the Lord and um, and their faithfulness and their you know diligence and their patience is what got me here because it was their prayers that they never ceased they just constantly kept going and um, mm. that's something for me that I'm very very happy and very grateful for because if it wasn't for their prayers and people mm -hmm. I don't even know praying for me I wouldn't be here today mm. you, know? you know I love that because we've said so many times on this podcast that whether you're fasting for your marriage, whether you're fasting for your finances, whether you're fasting for a wayward prodigal child, mm -hmm. that your fast is your, um, basically it's just your sacrifice to God. It is your prayer to God. It's yeah. a way to temper your flesh and move in the supernatural realm of prayer. And many of us have childhood, children that have gone wayward. Uh, maybe we have as well. And I'm telling you what, that when you move into this realm of fasting, it does something to open up your spiritual eyes. We talked about that a few podcasts ago with Elijah when he said, open his eyes that he can see all the angels around and the protection that's around us. God wants to open your eyes. And there's something that happens when we press into prayer and fasting mm -hmm. that our spiritual senses are activated, that our spiritual senses come alive, that we literally do deny the flesh we say no to food. We say no to our hunger. We say no to our desires. And we press in to supernatural answers. Mm -hmm. So I want to say to you right now that if you're needing a breakthrough, you're needing a miracle, I'm going to encourage you to pick up the book. You can get it on Amazon or anywhere they sell books. But walk with us through this. Walk with us through this journey for 21 days of seeing your faith become a reality. God wants to perform miracles. God wants to speak to you. It's not that he just wants to give you everything you ask for. God wants you to know him. Mm -hmm. He wants you to meet him on the journey. So I'm so grateful for you, Diane. Mm -hmm. It's obvious you have all of the skill set we need mm -hmm. of the administrative side, and we love you. We appreciate you and your family and your testimony. Thank you. So guys, thanks so much for being a part of TAM Talks today. I hope this been, really benefited you and, and um, just encouraged you to move forward in your walk with God. So whether you're watching us on our YouTube channel or listening to us on our podcast, be honest with God. Seek God. Have conversation with God. He wants to meet you. Have a great day. Till next time, God bless. Thanks for joining us today on TAM Talks. You can find more resources and information at TammyHotzenpeller.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. We pray blessings and abundance over your life today. Until next time, stay safe and God bless. <laughs>